Hey, this is Jimmy Malone in the trenches. Got a uh, special on the field podcast today. I'm away from my normal recording area, so the quality is not quite as good. The content's really good, though. I'm talking to Tyler Gerfers. He is a campus missionary at the University of Louisiana at Monroe. And uh, we're talking about the relationship between the pastor and the missionary and those those dynamics. So anyway, stay tuned. Hope this helps somebody and uh, let's do it. Hey everybody, I am with Tyler Gerfer at the Louisiana Monroe campus. Uh, if you don't know anything about the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks, um, they did beat Nick Saban in 2006. Just uh, everybody remembers that. That was awesome. But uh, anyway, Alabama did get beat by Louisiana Monroe. That's why they don't play them no more. But um, but I'm with uh, with Tyler Gerfer here. He is a campus missionary, and today I want to talk about the relationship between pastors and missionaries. So so Tyler, go ahead and let everybody know exactly what 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 exactly are you doing here, man? Yeah. So appreciate it so much, Pastor Jimmy, being here. Um, my wife and I, uh, Bethany, we are the Chi Alpha Campus missionaries at the University of Louisiana Monroe. And so we are a community on campus that's uh, simply here to reconcile students to Jesus, uh, transforming not only this university, uh, but the marketplace and the world. And so the idea is that, man, if we can be here and we can truly disciple students who make disciples, who make disciples, that ultimately um, we can have a great impact not only on uh, where we're at here, but also around the globe uh, as well. Absolutely, that's awesome. And so um, if you hear some, some music in the background, it's because we are actually on a college campus, and they're very musical here, so, <laughs> which is awesome. But, but here's, here's the deal. Uh, you know, you're, you're getting support from churches to be here, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you don't work a side job or anything. This is, like, the, the churches of this area are the ones that support what you're doing, and they're the ones that are get, keeping you here. Um, what, you know, if you're talking to a pastor, now we'll just tell you this, you know, I pastor a church and, uh, and I'm bivocational. So sometimes pastors, sometimes pastors are kind of, uh, in a different situation. Like if our, if our bills don't get paid, we'll just like, you know, nobody bails us out. We have to go get a job or something to keep pastoring. You're not in that situation because you have a mission board that, that's, that determines that you're full time. So, uh, but what would you say with, um, sometimes, you know, there's this idea that, that, you know, campus missionaries are basically glorified youth pastors and mm. and that all you do is, you know, you're sitting around drinking coffee all day with a uh, Waymaker and uh and, and reckless love on repeat on all your pod uh, your, your, your iPod and uh and that you're just uh you know, just hanging out with millennials and and uh talking about skinny jeans, you know. It, it, there's there's kind of sometimes an idea that what you're doing is maybe ministry light. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what what do you say to you know how do you respond when people kind of blow you off and like well, well whatever you know what uh, and maybe delegitimize your ministry because they feel like you know what they're doing is serious hardcore how would you respond to somebody who feels like you guys are just kind of on vacation over here No it's very good um, and it's always a great conversation of learning about what's taking place here at the university um, as well as uh, even to this day what's going on in communities and churches. Uh, of that nature. And so one thing that we really 
stand by uh, and that we say in Chi Alpha is that there are no little places and there are no little people. And so that there's value all the way around um, with different types of ministries and different uh, settings. However, um, we also recognize that there is not a long line of people uh, signing up to come to the university campus sure. to do ministry. Yeah. And, and that's part of the, the, the vision and mission of Chi Alpha is that we recognize that, man, the university campus is by far the most strategic mission field on the face of the planet. And that we have young people who are, who are learning, who are growing, who are being developed. Uh, they are literally the, the, the clay in the potter's hands in their years in college. And so what an opportunity to have them grow in their faith and knowledge and experience in Jesus as a disciple maker so that when they graduate from here, um, they're prepared spiritually just as much, if not more, as they are academically uh, to go out into the real world. And so for us, you know, what we do on a regular basis uh, is really a, the, the nuts and bolts, if you will, uh, of, of ministry like you see in Scripture about the equipment of the saints and, and things of that in that you know, we, we don't have a kid's ministry here. We don't have other things that a local church may have, but we do have people who we are discipling to be disciple makers and have an impact on campus to reach their peers, uh, to go out and to literally uh, fight for the souls of, of men and women as they know them in their classrooms, in their workplaces, sure. while on the university campus. And so that if they take that with them, um, just like Jesus did in his some of his last words in the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all nations, we just apply that very seriously in this context. And if you can do it here, um, Pastor Jimmy, we believe that you can do it anywhere uh, in this world, no matter if you're in ministry full-time outside of the college campus or if you're in the workplace or if you're just ready to raise your family, uh, you've been equipped to do that, uh, what, what we do here. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an awesome vision. It's a great responsibility. Uh, you know, what would you say, you know, sometimes there's another thing, especially with older ministers, I get there, there's this, this fear that the faith that was handed to us by the apostles, you know, mm. that, 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 that we're not contending for that faith, as Jude would say, that there's a fear among the, the and, and, and rightly so, there are a lot of ministries that are reaching out to, especially the millennial generation, mm -hmm. that, that really have, uh, in a lot of ways, they, they kind of, uh, soft peddling the gospel a little bit what would you say to those that, that question your orthodoxy as being ministers like you know as far as maybe you're doing a feel good kind of a, a you know everybody loves you and everybody's special kind of thing right Are, is there a place in college ministry for preaching uh, about sin and conviction and discipline yeah no and 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 i, sh I should take one step back you know uh the way that we say it here in our core values is that we know Jesus, we live life together, and we take responsibility. And those are just three um, uh, ways of of our core values of communicating, you know, what we're doing, what we're all about. And and they go and they're in order, and they and they continuously have to happen uh, in the life of a believer. We would say, and so with that, um, we would say that as you know Jesus, as you continue to pursue Him as your Lord and Savior, as you continue to grow in the likeness of Christ. Um, that there are going to be some things that, that you're going to uh, encounter, such as, uh, yes, I am a sinner saved by grace, and that there are things that I do, there's things that I think, uh, there's things that uh, I need to let God transform in my life. And then 
as you do that, and you do that by living life together with other believers, you understand that there's this accountability. There's this idea of that I'm not alone, and also I've got people that I'm learning from, and that there there's this idea of uh, a mutual accountability and, and, and community that allows you not only to uh, grow individually, but also to grow together with other people that would say, okay, yeah, there's confession of sin. You know, there are, yeah. there's healing in that, you know, and scripture speaks that. Sure. And that, and that, you know, that we, um, we understand that, you know, and we love it how, you know, Jesus puts it, you know, he sums it up, you know, you know, love God, you know, and essentially love others. And so that you have to have that. And I think one thing that's great about, at the third level of that, that we talk about taking responsibility, is that you have to take responsibility for the faith that is growing in your life. You take responsibility for the souls of other people and that we've been called by this great commission to go and to reach the world. But at the same time, that actually provides another level of accountability so that when we talk about things as far as what is going on in our lives, uh, are we growing closer to Jesus? Where, where are our downfalls? Where are the things that take us away? Um, the reality is there there is an element to where young people for most of their lives have only been told about the things they've done wrong. Yeah. Um and and we and one of our core convictions is that uh, is that um that there is a lack of affirmation and that we would always say that um that we want to affirm what God has said, we want to affirm the calling on everybody's life uh, as they're a follower of Jesus. And so we want to point them towards Jesus on the daily grind of life, not just in the moments of a service or, you know, on sure. Sunday or something like that. Uh, and that's part of the discipleship is that, you know, we can we can have these conversations one-to-one. We can have these conversations in a small group setting, like a Bible study, like a life group that we have throughout the week. Um, and and part of that, that takes place that even on a service when we have on Thursday nights here, um, we can talk about and challenge the things that we struggle with and that students struggle with uh, that are sin and that are – and then in some cases, it's not this blatant revolt. It's uh, you know revolt of, of from God. It's more, it's more or less getting more of a mind in love with Christ or getting a heart that's, that's more in line with the Scripture. And so definitely, I think there we, – we definitely don't shy away from that. And if anything, we would say that – uh, we say John, you know, John fifteen. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. I think part of the liberal mindset and things that people get in trouble with is because they don't start with God first. They start with other people and they start with their experiences, and then they try to yeah. f- work that back into well, how could God be this way if He allows these things? And so we would say that's why knowing Jesus has to be first. Yeah. It has to be first in line. Yeah, it's humanism. We 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 judge God in uh, according to our standards, and we say, well, He doesn't line up with our standards, so He's not good. Mm-hmm. And so that would, yeah, I, I get that. And so you you have a Christ first theology and, and mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, you know, what I've found over the years, because I've, you know, as a full disclaimer, I did a couple semesters as a, as a Chi Alpha director at Southern Arkansas University. Uh, one of the things that I found is that with students, actually, I had more leeway to speak into their lives about holiness and about their personal walk with Jesus than most of my average church members mm-hmm. because they were at a time of questioning. Exactly. And they asked those questions, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and they wanted to know I mean, because I was their friend, and I, but I was uh, I was legit with them. Like, you know, I, you've got a great advantage because you're, 
closer in age. I was like in my forties doing mm, this because mm-hmm. it felt kind of fell in my lap and somebody needed to do it. And so I took, took over it till we got somebody else in there. And, uh, and I made the decision that I just, I was going to act 40. Mm-hmm. So I basically become the surrogate dad for all these people because I'm like, I can't be cool and hang out with these guys and be like, <laughs> yo, bro, what's up? You know? Exactly. So I came in and decided to uh, be the adult in the room. And you know what? I found out that the, 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 that these college age students, they want to know. Mm-hmm. They want, they really want to know, is it, is this really right or wrong? Is this, what do you, what does the Bible say about this? And, uh, and they actually were more willing to have open conversation than most of my adults that were part of the church that I pastor. Right. Now, and, and I will speak to that too, because I think one of the biggest things that we talk about is, you know, that we will say the right things, um, rightfully so, even in church. But the problem is, um, is that for us, you know, we don't, we can't convict people. We're not the Holy Spirit. Exactly. We can't, we can't change people. Um, we've been given responsibilities to people, however. And so, um, one of those things that we'd say is that, you know, for us to genuinely love God and to love someone across from us, uh, and for us to effectively communicate like you're talking about, is that we've got to build a bridge, a connection from heart to heart. Sure. And so that as we build those bridges of friendship and of relationship and of honor and respect, obviously, you know, me as the director of the pastor here, you know, I've got a different relationship with students than uh, one of my student leaders does with the students. However, um, it still doesn't change the fact that I'm called to have a relationship with my students in a way of a yeah. friend, in a way of a pastor, of a mentor, of, a, of someone they can look to. So that as I do that, as I build those bridges with students, when I begin to ask the questions, when I begin to give instruction, when I begin to even correct a student, I can now carry that load across to their heart and it will make it. Because I've built in a bridge, I've built something that can hold that. Whereas sure. many times it collapses because there's no genuine relationship or connection to that individual. So like you're saying, rightfully so, you, you get a lot more uh, feedback. You get a lot more response because you're there, you're present, you're visible. Yeah. And there's a genuine understanding and affirmation, like I said earlier, that you really do care about the individual and and sometimes what we say is you know um, if you if you if you can really take care of someone's heart um, then then their hands are way more likely to follow um, and yeah. so for most people the tendency is to get is to ask people to do a, do to do a lot of things um, but that's really hard to do when someone's not sure if they're being cared for by that individual yeah and unfortunately that's a truth no matter where you go it goes back know. to the old saying John Maxwell said a million times nobody. That so nobody cares what you know till they know how much you care. Exactly, exactly. And in, and in Chi Alpha, a part of our culture that we try to, uh, the culture that we try to talk about and we try to establish is these three things: it's it's love, honor, and laughter. And that we genuinely create something personally within the community, personally one on one. For me, with every one of my students, that there's got to be an idea of that I that I do love them as the Lord loves them. I do. I do have an, an, a culture of honor where we celebrate the best of people. We affirm people for who they are and who God has said they are. The reality is most people know their mistakes. The True. reality is most students, they, they, their whole life, they've been, they're, they're walking, they're sulking, they've they're got their head down because their whole life they've been told everything wrong that they've done. But we're calling them up 
into an affirmation of what the Lord yeah. is what the Lord has said. And that is such a huge difference because yeah. what the, the the liberal mindset is that you take away the offense of the gospel mm-hmm. by excusing you affirm them by excusing what they know's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And so there's a difference between affirming someone in who they are called in Christ to be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's radically different. But the power of the power of the Word of God is there. Exactly, exactly. And then, at the, and then the last one is so important too with that because we say laughter. What we mean by that is that um, there's a lot of people who have simply lost the joy of the Lord in their life, and yeah. that you know, for for a church, we should be the most joyful. You know, we should yes. be the one as God's people. We should be able to. Um, even in the midst, as you see through Scripture over and over again, even in the midst of the hardships, we should be joyful because it's an opportunity to grow closer to the Lord. It's an opportunity yeah. to to be more like Christ. Um, just as Christ suffered, we suffer too. And, and, and you can go over and over, but we give our joy away far more uh, than sure. it's taken away. So all those three elements that we really push for our culture to have in your own life and to have with people, those things begin to open up the doorway to where when we talk about whether it's the Holy Spirit, whether it's sin, whether it's uh, how to be an effective disciple maker like Jesus was, and or any anything you think about, when, when that culture is established and it's concrete, um, nothing's off the table. And we've yeah. seen God show up in more ways. Uh, we've heard people hear more from the Lord, um, and it be tested by the scriptures and tested by our community. Um, and we've seen people filled more. We've seen we've seen we've seen the work of the Lord and of the Spirit far more um, now than even in some of the earlier years when I got here, because there has been such a culture established that we really believe is representative of the kingdom of God. Sure. Um, in the in the culture that Jesus would want us to have. Sure. Well, uh, in your everyday, you know, in your everyday work, now you've got. A wife and how many kids have you got now? Three daughters. Three. I knew you had two, but I thought there was a third one. I'm trying. Yeah. I got to keep up with you better. Man. <laughs> three daughters. I got three sons, and so you know, hey. we'll we'll compare notes one day and figure out which ones, <laughs> which which problems you have and which problems I have. But um, but here's it. So you've got a family and you've got the daily grind of all that. What um, what is the hardest part about your job and the actual mm-hmm. responsibilities of being a campus? director for Chi Alpha Missionary, uh, you know, Chi Alpha Campus Ministry? Yeah, good question. Very good question. I think, it, it, you know, it, it's the difficulty in answering that is that, you know, it sometimes it really depends on the perspective of the missionary that you may be talking to because I have colleagues of mine that may would have a different answer than I do. Yeah. Um, but I would say this for, for us, um, the difficulty is – uh, honestly, to understand um, that I truly am a child of God first, that I am a husband, that I am a missionary and a father, and all these things, how they work together, and to understand that I can have such a burden for the ministry and for people um, that uh if I'm not careful, that that I can I can lose the the broader perspective of what God can do. <laughs> he doesn't need sure. me uh, necessarily. He's That's asked, so hard in ministry to he's, confess right, that right. God actually doesn't need me. He doesn't need me, you know. And but he but he's called me to this. But at the yeah. same time, he's also called me, and has rightfully so graciously blessed me with my wife, with my children, um, with you know with a relationship with him, and so. Uh, to try to work all those things together in a way that honors God 
by how I honor each of those things together. Because, you know, there's old sayings, you know, that, you know, you don't want your ministry to become your mistress. You know, you don't want, oh, yeah. you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, um, as my wife, you know, brings up um, sometimes, you know, we don't want to win the whole university and the world and lose our three girls in yes. the process, you know. And so all those and that's things, real. That's real. to me, if I said of anything, that is the most difficult thing every day of checking my heart, checking my checking my myself with the Lord and saying, Okay, what is this gonna be today? Um and, and, and how do I how do I honor everything that the Lord has given me, not just in the ministry, but at home and in my marriage. Sure. Yeah, that's um that's awesome. What was the moment that you can go back to where you thought this thing might work? Yeah, no, I think it's so good. And we talk about this all the time. You know, the Bible um, talks about going from glory to glory. And I tell people in a very parallel um, concept, I believe we go from faith to faith. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, early on from the calling of feeling like I was called to work with young people in ministry to um, do an internship, um, uh, to being trained up, and then finally coming here in 2013, probably when I got here, actually on, on the campus here in Monroe in 2013, um, and as we looked around, um, which, by the way, I, I, during that time, we found out after we had already, you know, committed and said, you know, we feel like we have a vision from the Lord for this campus, um, you know, we heard things, negative responses about the, the attempts at Kyle here and the ministry. And, and there have been many failed attempts at Kyle at this campus. Right, and we've had some that have done, that, that have done well, but, I mean, there, there was... Uh, there hasn't been a, a tenure by any, you know, one leadership uh, team or, or, or leader. And so, um, you know, f- 43 years or so, you know, up and down, up and down kind of thing. And so we we were told all that, you know, and, and one person even said it this way, that it was considered the graveyard of Chi Alpha. And so in, in our spirit, right then and there, we, f- we, we just kind of um, pushed back with uh, the scripture of of seeing some dry bones come to life and, yeah. and rise up in a valley. Yeah. And so for us, we said, you know, that there's something that the Lord wants to do here. And we believe that the fact that we're even standing on the ground and that we've gotten here says that. And yeah. so I think at that moment, even right when we got here, we really believed. We really bought all in and we said, this is happening. And as sure enough, every year, just methodically doing the things that we know to be true, Finding students, reaching students, evangelizing, disciple making, um, and just every year, slow and steady, we have seen God graciously provide and 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 give increase, uh, and we and we haven't slowed down. We've grown every single year in some way uh, since awesome. we've been here. So with you, it was just a you just you and your wife sensed you really sensed the hand of God when you came mm-hmm. here. You know, I've had situations like that before where my wife jokes with me that. That the only my wife jokes with me that the our confirmation is always somebody warning us not to go where we're going. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that's happened to me so many times, like, oh, you don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a horrible place, you know, and, or whatever. And so there's a time when um you know, when someone warns you mm-hmm. that this is gonna cost you, you know, like Paul, you know, they said, I I just see chains and bondage awaiting you in Jerusalem and he's like, Bring it. I'm going to Jerusalem because mm-hmm. It's a, sometimes it kind of brings out that call when someone pushes back and goes, this may not be a good career move for you. You know, when you get that resistance, 
you're either going to back off or if there's a calling, then the spirit of God inside you will be provoked. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I read about Paul. He was, he was in Athens and he was there and it says he saw all the different idols and his spirit was provoked within him. Right. And right. I'm like, there's been times that I've done ministry in hard places because when I got there and set foot there, when the opposition came against me or the discouragement came, there was a provocation where I literally felt provoked in my spirit. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, this I'm, I don't care what's happened here. This is what God's doing now. And so I, I love that that you just say so when you got here, that's when you there was just right, no information right. to you. Well and and we've always, you know, we've ever since, you know, you know, my wife and I, we both came to faith in Kyle at Louisiana Tech University. And so for us it was a very first hand experience and so part of 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 what we've always said from day one as a couple is that we are gonna walk on the two legs uh, of faith and obedience, yeah. and if we have faith, all <laughs> it is it, is a matter of obeying that. And then we've also said, you know, uh, like the scripture talks about that uh, about God honoring obedience over sacrifice, and that yes. you know, essentially, what what we interpret that as, we can come up with every excuse as to why this would not work, but God is not looking for excuses; He's looking for yeah. obedience. And if we've got the faith that He's given us and that it's grown then we can say yes and amen and go about our way. And whatever yeah. happens, we're just simply trusting the Lord. And we're not, again, like I said earlier, God doesn't need us. Yeah. Uh, he wants to do something. Uh, he's made that evidently clear. And so we are just continually, continuously saying yes and amen to what God has already put in us. And we're seeing the faith rise. We're seeing us. We're, we're, we're being challenged in our obedience but again, those are the two things that we're going to continue to walk on, sure. and, and so we like I said, we've been in this our seventh year, um, been here. I think it's twice as long as any one director has been here. <laughs> I would um, I would say so. As as looking from afar, I would definitely categorize you as. I think there's honestly some pastors in the region who mm. are potential supporters for Kaiafet mm-hmm. in Monroe that have really been kind of waiting and seeing because they've. Right, rightfully so. There, yeah, there's, there's yeah. a track record there, but you know, God's doing something fresh. God's doing something new. Right, and uh, and and so that's awesome. And you know, I've, I've found out over the years that eight, about eighty percent of faith is obedience. Mm, mm. That you know, you say well, I believe in tithing, but you don't tithe. Well, that's because you don't believe in tithing. That's right. You that's know? right. And, and so I found out that you know what that when you that 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 the biggest part of faith is actually stepping out to do what if God told me that I'm going to do it. The doing what He told you is. Most of what faith is. Exactly. Is, exactly. Know, well, God said it, so I'm going to do it. If you could talk to pastors who are in a position to support you, but they're in a position to support about a thousand other ministries. Right. Also, Correct. And they have money to support three, but they got a thousand that need the money. Mm-hmm. This is U.S. mission, so it's a little different because you're not in a foreign... But, but if you were starting a church under a bridge in China, it might be easier to explain the need. Sometimes Correct. U.S. missions has its own challenge. But but as a U.S. missionary, as a missionary to a people group that's right here, you don't have your own church base. You're, you are a parachurch ministry supported by churches to make disciples in a place where... It's fluid. There's mm-hmm. a lot of there's mm-hmm. there's not this is not a church. This is not a Christian Bible college. Mm-hmm. This is a secular university with all those things that go with it and the mm-hmm. parties and the drinking and everything else. And in the midst of this fluid situation where people coming and they come to go. Nobody comes here to stay at ULM. They come to graduate and move on. Exactly. So there's a fluid situation and we're interjecting a missionary outpost in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in in your situation, what do you wish 
that pastors knew about y'all's relationship. Yeah, and 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 I, I'll say this, you know, for me, um, part of where I am and where I've gotten, how I've gotten here, is that I have, rightfully so, you know, I, I came to faith in college, and you know, I, you know, I, I kind of. Uh, would say this sarcastically, you know, in conversations to friends, you know, that the church wasn't there for me for 18 years. And so now, you know, I go to, I have to go to a secular university for a student to lead me to faith, you know, and it's yeah. radically changed my life. Um, and so, and then from that point, you know, absolutely, you know, getting involved with the local church. Um, but with that being said, I experienced a very much of what I would call a kingdom experience, whereas that wasn't a local church that a student came from that was a that was a university ministry that had a student that was leading and that went to my dorm and found me and led me to the lord um and so what i for me what that's been is that there's always a much bigger picture and that when any one of us feels like we are the big picture we tend to lose the vision for the sure. kingdom of god Absolutely. and so and so when i when i talk to pastors and and things of that nature you know rightfully so we're missionaries we don't exist without the local church and we don't exist without local pastors now ultimately we know that our source is from the lord we know that god is the one that called us not my local pastor um and so but with that being said um we would we would say that you know that that it go at the same time, um, you can see the trend now is where you know churches are you know uh, craving uh, how to reach young people. You know they're 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 striving, they're learning, and so for us, we would say that man, we're a part of the picture, yeah. and that we we want to be the hands and feet in the outreach of the church. Um, and so the mindset of that goes that it's not just what we do, but it's who we are. And I would say the same thing that as a missionary. I don't see us as the kingdom. I don't see as the local church as the kingdom of God. Um, but together, we can do something that God has called all of us to do: um, yeah. the Great Commission to reach the world, to spread the gospel, to have an impact on our communities. And so, there are students that I have that I yeah I lose them every year. You know, and I don't say lose them. I should say I send them out every year. Um, but my vision has to be much bigger than my university. It has to be global because that's where they're going. And I would say for a church. To understand that as well, that we can have a student that you know on these campuses that you know if they get if they're if they're in a if they go to your church, then that that's incredible. But the reality yes. is that they're not they're not lining up at the doors of the churches, and that's why we're here. Yeah. And so I affirm the local church just as much as I would ask the church to affirm why we even exist here. Yeah. Because if we. I would love it if we didn't have to exist because that would mean that we are effectively reaching college students and not just reaching them to put them in a bubble, but reaching them and equipping them and discipling them because sure. you can look at our culture and you can see very clearly that we're not necessarily on the on the winning side right now yeah, in, we, in America. We need to make some comebacks here. Right, correct. So so yeah, so so for me though, so that when I approach a pastor, when I approach a church, you know, my thing is, you know, I I know that God's called me, so I don't have to. I don't have to look for you as my answer, but I'm looking at you because you are my brother or sister in the faith, and it's not about either or; it's about both and. And so, I need to have a relationship with you as a missionary and as someone doing the work here, just as much as you need to have a relationship with me. If you genuinely say that you want to reach young people, but yet you don't, but you devalue what we do, then I would ask you. 
do you really want to reach young people? Yeah, that's a good question. And so, and so for me, I don't think that we're the answer. I think that we, uh, in of ourselves, but I think that the reality is that people need to have relationships. Like I said earlier, when I build bridges of relationship with people, I want to build bridges with pastors, not because I have an agenda, but because I know that if I, if I believe my calling and they believe their calling, we know that you cannot do this alone. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is that, you know, I want to be the best friend to the local church um, here. I want to be the one, I want to work the hardest. I want to be the one that says, you know, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to the hard places because not nobody else is willing to come here. Um, but I'm doing it in the name of God and his kingdom, um, not yeah. necessarily in the name of the local church, sure. um, which is a hard thing to swallow because, yes, we want our local churches to thrive. We want our pastors to win. And I think they do if we see people raised up as disciple makers on a university campus and they're sent out. We all win, but we all lose when we fight over who's getting the claim and the stake yeah. and who's getting who's getting the credit and who's making it happen because at the end of the day, uh, I love this saying from the military, lost time is lost lives. And yeah, so man, if true. we could if we could get together and move forward quickly and 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 have a relationship and have a vision that matches up um for the pastor that's getting all these calls you know my thing is pastors just like anybody else they 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 hook up with they give to what to who they know and what they know and yeah. so everything's through relationship i don't i don't ever try to ask for someone's hand before i pour into their heart sure and i'm and my thing is i'm doing the work no matter what i tell pastors that all the time that look i just generally want to have a relationship with you as someone that's in this area, that's in this region, because I want to know what your church is doing and that we can be supportive of that from our end. Sure. Um, and you need, and you, you have no way of praying about things you don't know about either. So I want to, I want to share with what God's doing here too. And together we can really make some things happen. I believe for the greater good of the kingdom yeah. of God. And I think that one thing you hit on that I think is so important is that it's very obvious that you need the churches. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not as obvious to the churches that they need the parachurch ministries, the campus ministers, the, the chaplains, the different ministries that go on where, that are reaching people in the margins or reaching people that are slipping through the cracks with the church. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that when we realize we need each other, it's amazing what can get done if nobody cares who gets the credit. Mm -hmm. uh, but as soon as we have to start, you know, uh, franchising it and branding it, it's a big deal. One thing that I would say to pastors, having had to raise some, some finances for church plans and things like that, one thing that I would say to pastors is just answer a voicemail, even if you know mm. you're not giving any money. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would say, because here's one thing that pastors can do, and let me tell you something, pastors, when you're talking to pastors, they're quite often uh, very discouraged people. Mm. Because... Um, wow! Because there's a tremendous amount of loneliness and discouragement, mm -hmm. especially pastoring a small church. When you got a bigger church and there's a staff, you kind of have your own fraternity of, you know, or sorority. You know, there's there's guys and girls there. There's there's your people that's there, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, and even with campus ministry, you you know, there's a little more camaraderie because uh, the students love to hang out. Mm -hmm. When you're pastoring a church of predominantly adults, they don't. I mean, the youth want to hang out with the youth. The kids have their things. The adults are working and dealing with their kids, they don't want to hang out. And so what happens is a lot of times you do all this activity and then the, the pastor's just alone a lot. 
there's a, a lot of loneliness, a lot of frustration, yeah, a lot of contemplating quitting every Monday kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then the phone rings, and there's somebody else that you know good and well. I don't know who this person is, but I know that they're a missionary, and I know they're going to ask for money. And sometimes as a pastor, there's this there's this feeling of of uh, you know, I'm just tired of telling one more person that we're broke and we don't have any more money. Right, right. But but at the same time, I have found out that if you answer the phone, because I've been on both sides of this, mm. if you answer the phone, that, uh, you know, I've had, uh, just as a great example, our you know, our youth director for the Louisiana district, you know, we're an Assembly of God church, and, and our Louisiana youth director is uh, Charlie Allo, and he's mm-hmm. a fun guy. But he will call me and check on me sometimes. Yeah, you know, and uh, and and some and, the, and I've come to know that if I'm talking to Charlie, I'm going to be encouraged. And of course, I do help with whatever we can. You know, we want to help. Our church wants to be a part and support mm-hmm. what they're doing. But there's a there's just a, on a human level of we're you know we're just we're just soldiers for Christ. That's right. And we're all striving. And a lot of times, you know, there's a whole lot of marching between those victories. You know, you win a battle, and there's a whole lot of marching in between, and a whole lot of getting up and going to bed, and you know, I, I just there's a whole lot of just doing everyday business and putting one foot in front of the other mm-hmm. between those notable victories. Mm-hmm. And I think the common ground we have is that we, you know, when you call and say, you know, if there's nothing else, just say, hey, look, I just want to, like you said, I can't pray for what I don't know about. You can't pray for what you don't know about. If nothing else. Just you know, making that camaraderie. If you're a pastor there, out there, and you know that your your mission budget's tight and everything's tight and whatever, you know, I would encourage you to engage with the missionaries, engage with mm-hmm. those parachurch ministries that are needing some finances. Even if you tell them, look, you know, I'll, yeah. let you know, write their name down, put up, you know, say a prayer for them. Uh, but then when, but because what happens is when you build those relationships. As the church grows and is blessed and you do have opportunity to give, I know from experience that when you expand the mission budget, it's always expanded towards somebody that you have a genuine relationship with. Exactly. And so on the one hand, you know, the you can get so uptight, you've called you know, you've called five pastors in a row, mm-hmm. you you got, you know, you've been blown off or in, really in reality, you've called twenty three <laughs> and Fifteen of them. There's not even anybody answering the phone at the church, okay? Mm-hmm. And and you got nothing, or you got a voicemail, or you got a secretary who's going to take a message. Very few call back, and it's almost kind of like after you get told no, 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 delayed, no, no, no. You can get this little bit of a jaded, yeah. where you're kind of like, let's just cut to the chase and see if this one's going to work. And I'm not saying you do that, but I'm saying that there's a tendency on yes, that end. Yes. And so when you when you have those engagements, you know where it's like. Uh, you can call mm. on the missionary side. You can call and actually be that breath of fresh air. That's right. Of just saying, "Hey, look, I know you're. I know we're in this together. I don't know anything about your church, but I'd love to be able to pray for you. And uh, you know, obviously, I need support. But you know, the most important thing right now is that uh, I believe I believe that you're in it for the right reasons, and I know your church would give to us as much as they can. But right now, I just want to make you know. I want to say, "Hey, look, I need a friend. So good. I want to be in relationship." It's funny because I remember getting calls from this John Britton guy. I was at a church in Louisiana. He was calling me from Southern Arkansas University, raising money to start to get going at Chi Alpha. And I had some knowledge of the situation, and they had had a real terrible situation before that where 
there were some financial dealings, and the local church sponsored them and built the building for their campus ministry and then lost everything. And the campus ministry, was their building was lost with the church that went under and, and uh, to no fault of their own. And, uh, and I knew he was in a bad situation. And this guy, I kept getting messages, and I was bivocational at that church. And I would be getting messages, you know, where he called me. And I wasn't there, and I thought, you know, finally I called him back. I said, i got to call this guy back, and uh, and reached out to him. Well, you know, in the past, it was John Britton, and he, he's since gone on to different things, and, and, and God's using him, and he's in Mississippi now. But we became friends, and then just out of a radical shift of who had any idea, that was 2005. Little did I know that in 2013 that I would be the campus missionary director for Chi Alpha at SAU. Like, I had his position at one point, and I remember thinking, man, you know, but I had, I had these messages, and I just, something, I got convicted, I need to call this guy, because I know what's going on at that, at that university, and I know that they just, he just came in on a sinking ship, Mm. he's trying to resurrect something that just got blown out of the water before he got there, and I just felt sorry for him, and I thought, I bet nobody, you know, who's answering the phone, you know, He's in Magnolia, Arkansas. That's not very sexy, you know. It's not like he's, you know, rescuing girls from uh, sex trafficking or he's going to New York City to the streets. There's just some, there's an element to it where it's easy to overlook. But you know what? I got a lifelong friend mm-hmm. out of that relationship. And I called him, you know. And actually, we didn't become great friends then, but I remember calling him and talking to him yeah. and encouraging him. And then a couple of years later, we actually wound up working together in ministry and and things, but so but, good. But when you're looking for friends, it's so much more kingdom agenda than looking mm-hmm. for money or looking to not be bothered by an incoming phone call. And I think that's the two things that we can find in common is that camps missionaries, yeah, all kinds so of whatever missionaries, so world good. missionaries, and pastors, especially small church church pastors that are one man shows that are keeping the whole thing running that we need each other as there's just not that many people in the world that know what it's like to be a minister. And as ministers of the gospel, we have more in common than the, even the people that are in our church with us. Mm, so good, and, so good. And so we need to find those things in common and hold each other's backs. Yeah. And then, of course, the opportunities arise. You know, I, fa- I find ways the people that I care about their vision and people that I know their heart, when we, you know, there, there are times that I find ways to help when there's a need. That that maybe I wouldn't have if it was just a newsletter and somebody said, well, yeah, I know who that is, but I don't really know anything about it. There's a there's you know, and I want to say I'm spiritual and I pray about everything and all the things we do are 100 percent because the Holy Spirit told me to do it. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, I tend to connect with the people that I that that are that I'm emotionally connected right, with. Right, right. So yeah, so from the missionary, yeah, and I think that we have to understand that there are needs. All over, you know, and like you said earlier, uh, you know, if every pastor could, he'd give to everything, you know, yeah. you know, and, and, and so, so for me, so same thing, you know, going back, like I realize that, you know, we're not the only mission field, we're not the only thing happening. Um, and, and that, like you said, you know, that there is that element of relationship, like that bridge that's being built from missionary to pastor. And so, you know, for the missionaries, you know, yeah, the phone calls that don't go well and they go down the list and they've got all names scratched off you know and 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 i just tell it's a reminder of knowing that god has called us that god is our source um but that we have to do our part 
And I think that's where, you know, the temptation to fall into, okay, well, let me treat this like a business sale with a pastor. That's right. That's unfortunate, you know, but I think, you know, what you're saying reminds me, which, by the way, Charlie uh, is one of my mentors, was one of the ones when I uh, was getting trained up uh, as a a Kalf intern. He was there with me on the day-to-day, and so to this day, I still look to him and probably get a lot from him in the the way of making those phone calls, calling pastors, talking to them, encouraging them, just saying, hey. Great mentor, great resource to the state of Louisiana. Right, and so we... So what we say, what I say is, you know, Jesus said, "I I no longer call you slave, but I call you friend." And he, and the scriptures also say that no greater love is this than the man that lay out, let lay down his life for his brother. So my thing is, if Jesus can can say those things, and the scriptures can say those things, then I should be able to say those things to my pastor friend. Um, and I should I I shouldn't look to him to be my source or my slave or servant, if you will, to make sure I'm okay. I should be a friend. I should be one that says, you know what, we are in this together. Um, I know where I come from. I know how this works on the, on the logistics. But at the same time, I also know that um, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose the whole picture. I'm going to lose. I'm going to miss the mark if I don't have genuine relationship. If I don't minister to my pastors and yeah. minister to the people that are with me, if I take that as if I don't take that as an opportunity to really have a relationship there, then I've missed even part of my calling. And so, yeah, I just. Yeah, I encourage missionaries, you know, you know, to 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 like I said earlier, you need to cultivate love, honor and laughter with your pastors. Yes. You need to cultivate something that says, you know, hey, and obviously pastors know we're not we're not asking everybody to be everybody's best friend, but there is something powerful to the attitude and the posture and and, and the humility that comes with our approach to churches and to pastors. Um and how that can and how that can play out in the long run, like you said, maybe it is a long term friendship. Maybe it is something that comes up later on as the church is able, because there's that bridge of relationship. Now you're carrying something across back to that missionary now and saying, "Hey, sure. I want to give you guys something." And 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 God knows, and God works it out. And so, but we've got to do our part. We've got to make sure that we have the right mindset and the heart set of, about it all. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I feel that all the way. And I just want to encourage missionaries to 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 stick to the calling and and trust that, especially in the part of of raising the funds and doing the work of the ministry in that way. Yeah, awesome. So glad for the time today. If somebody wants to connect with you, uh, follow up on some of the things you're talking about, or maybe even support what you're doing. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, for sure, uh, they can. My number is two eight one seven eight two. Six two three zero. That's my cell. Um, also, they can email me. My 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 personal email is uh, tylergerfers at gmail dot com, uh, or they can look us up on our website ulmxa dot com. Uh, that's our ministry website. Um, and so, any any sure. one any one of those. And all that all that's going to be on the sermon notes, uh, the uh, the the episode notes for today. But look, I appreciate your time. Uh, appreciate what you're doing, and uh, man, keep at it and. Any any school that plays at Malone Stadium has got my support <laughs> as best as I can. So I'm still waiting for that wrench uncle from ULM to remember me. <laughs> but uh, it's been great today, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor Jimmy.